Dr. Niles Crane? I am. Uh, here. Oh. Notice. Petition for divorce. I don't know what to say. Oh. It's all right. You ought to be applauded for the way you're handling this. A lesser man would panic. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'll get her back. Please give me my phone back. No, please. Stop, please. Stop, please. I know you're upset now, but let's remember why you left Paris in the first place. You were tired of groveling. Yes, but I'm rested now. And that's from Frasier. And, you know, we can laugh about that scene. But if you are considering divorce or if you're going through a divorce and doubting yourself, how do you deal better with that? How do you how can you be your own best friend through a divorce process? Well, you want to have um a plan. It's actually a divorce plan. You want to first identify the reasons you're considering a divorce, understand what's holding you back so you understand both sides of it. If you're in an unsatisfactory relationship, what is making it unsatisfactory? Uh, some of the barriers that hold people back, they're afraid of breaking their vows, they're afraid of hurting their partner, they're afraid of change or of being alone, or maybe it's the financial considerations, or maybe they fear that their family and friends will get upset with them. Or maybe they remember the better times and think, oh, am I making a mistake? Or they worry about harming their kids. So there are all these reasons that make divorce a very difficult decision. And you definitely want a plan. And one of the things, my co-author and I wrote a book, the self, Dr. Ed Locke, uh, wrote a book, The Selfish Path to Romance, How to Love with Passion and Reason. And we focus on self-valuing. You value yourself your partner values him or herself, and you both value each other. You cherish each other. So it's not me versus you. It's we both win. And if you if it's not working out in a relationship and it, you are heading towards divorce, at the end of our book in the appendix, we do set out a, a, an outline of how to part ways and start over if you cease being soulmates. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And I get all sorts of questions. And recently I got one on death. And it's not an exciting topic in the sense of romance or uh, pursuing hobbies. It is an important topic to come to terms with in your own mind. And many people believe in the in an afterlife and many people do not. So what? how do you handle death? Well, I got a question from Joe. Joe asks... Dr. Kenner, how do you deal with the concept of death if you no longer buy into the idea of an afterlife? What would be an what would be a rational approach to death? Is it nothingness? The darkness of death is terrifying to me, and I need a different way of thinking about it. Thanks, Joe. Joe, you definitely want to reframe your view of, of death. And I'll tell you what I do. I don't look at at my own death as having an afterlife and I'm floating up in the ether somewhere or as some dark nothingness, some dark hole, but it's something that I don't need to traumatize myself over. Uh, decades ago, I heard uh, something from a pre-Socratic philosopher. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find who it was. But So I will paraphrase what I remember. I will only know my own life. I will never know my own death. Therefore, I need not worry about death just about living my life. When I heard those words, I thought, well, that makes sense to me. I mean, I will know my dying, you know, if I'm gasping for breath, and I don't look forward to that moment, but I don't look forward to falling off a bike if I fall off a bike, or any other, I break a bone, you know, I don't look forward to pain. But 
I will never know my death because there's no me. I don't worry about before I was born. I wasn't here. And I don't need to worry about after I die because I'm not here. This is a rational way to think about it. I'm not floating in the heavens or underground. I'm not here. So if I thought that when I die, I will be aware of, you know, be some ghostly disembodied something mind floating in nothingness, that would freak me out. You know, and I would wonder, are there a lot of disembodied minds out there looking down at me? So um, I don't hold that idea. The idea of death doesn't terrify me. I know I'm going to die at some point, and hopefully after having lived a very fulfilling life, and my life is fulfilling, when I die, that doesn't mean my loved ones won't be very sad. They're going to have memories of me. I will be gone. I won't know it. I won't be here. My mind, my consciousness, my awareness isn't going to exist. I cease to exist. Uh, The memories of me exist in my loved one's mind. So it's sad for them. They'll be aware of, they'll still be alive. They'll be aware of the loss of my company. So what can you do about that? Well, the way that I use the fact that my life is limited is that I try to make the most of it. I use my time better than I would otherwise if I thought I had unlimited time. So because of that, I can use it to ask myself a question that sometimes people, sometimes therapists will ask you. If you only had six months to live or six years to live, what would you do? How would you spend your time? And are you doing that now? Steve Jobs actually talked about that in a graduation speech he gave. So you don't want to use this as a threat. Oh my God, I've only got a few years to live or a few months. You want to say, am I enjoying, ask yourself, am I enjoying my life as much as I can enjoy it? And I want to give you an example that some of you may have heard me say before. But when my grandfather was on his deathbed two days before he died, he was 98 years old. That's a full life. And I'm, this is one of the, the, this is the closest death I ever had at that time, you know, losing my grandpa. And I remember going to his bedside after having read a book on anticipatory grief and how do you, you know, I'm a psychologist, so I read up on, man, I need some help with managing my first, you know, close death. And I see that you give a person choices. So even, even when he's very ill, you know, hooked up to all the tubes and intensive care, I go in with my uncle and I say, would you like me to swab your mouth or would you like the clock over here or here? You still give people options and choices because they want to feel efficacious. We all do. You know, if I'm in bed, I don't want everybody doing everything for me. I want them to give me some choices. So I give my, I say to my grandpa, uh, his name was, we called him Poppy Arthur, Poppy Arthur. Um, would you like, would you like, what would you like right now? Would you like your clock here? Would you like something here? And he looked at me and he goes, I would like to see you and Uncle Warren do a tango. And I think we both could have fallen over at that point. Now, that is living your life. (laughs) Two days before he dies, what does he want to tango? So you can use the fact that you're going to die uh, to enhance, to enhance your life, but I don't even focus on it. I'm going to live my, all I'll know is my own life. So does that mean you never make a will? No, because I 
value knowing that I have planned well for my kids while I'm alive. So you can plan, make a will, you can enjoy spending time with your kids, and while you're alive, or while I'm in li- alive, my focus is not about death, it's about enjoying my life, learning, having good friendships, enjoying spending time with my family, all of that good stuff. Life is about living, and that way I don't have to... D- terrorize myself with thoughts of darkness or a black hole or whatever. It, it just doesn't exist. It's a non-existent for me. So that's a, probably a very different way of thinking about that for many people, including maybe yourself, Joe. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, and it's about enjoying l- your life, enhancing your life. And what areas of life? Well, in the key areas of life, a romantic partner, It if... Um, Having kids, enjoying your friendship with your kids, uh, becoming a good parent, learning the skills to be a better parent, enjoying hobbies, enjoying a job that you're at or a career. Even if you're currently at a job you don't like, how do you make the most of it? How do you use your downtime well? And enhancing your life. Are you... Enjoy, are you doing something more athletic so you feel good about your body too? I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. <laughs>